Welcome to the Thriller Fiction Podcast, your source for gripping and twisty stories in a serialized format. And now, here's your host, Jim Heskett. If you don't know, now you know. You know what I'm saying? Hey guys, I'm Jim Heskett, and you're you, and this is the Thriller Fiction Podcast, Season 3, Episode 310. That's right, 310. Not the 310th episode. It's more like the 60-something episode, but I'm doing them like this so it's easy to tell when one season ends and the next one begins, yada, yada, yada. Anyway, so that's what we're here doing. We're here reading uh, Wounded Animals by Jim Heskett, read for you by William Kuhn, and we're on the fourth chapter. And if you haven't read the last three or listened to the last three, please go back and listen to those episodes or this won't make any sense. Uh, Last week, after being unable to refuse the gall to go on a business trip, Candle found himself in Dallas training a new crop of employees and he met all three of them, he met um, all of them. And there was one employee at the end named Darren who didn't seem quite right. There was something about him that was strange and Candle didn't like and made him uneasy. So now uh, we're going to be, we're still in Dallas and Candle is going to be doing some other stuff. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but uh, here we go with chapter four of Wounded Animals and I will see you guys real soon. Chapter four. At the end of the day, I walked the long hallway to Wyatt's office. Seemed like a million steps. I passed open offices decorated with whiteboards containing scribbles about the future of the company, long-term strategic goals, bandwidth prioritization, cost-benefit analysis, new verticals ripe for exploration. Nothing about people. I leaned in Wyatt's doorway as he was wrapping up a waxed piece of paper, chewing with a dab of mayo jutting from his lip. You tell him that if he doesn't want to meet with me, this is the last time I'm going to ask nicely. My time is valuable, you understand? I raised an eyebrow and he waved me in as he pointed to a Bluetooth circling his ear. He held out one finger to me. Y'all have been good clients for a long time, but this is the kind of impasse that sinks relationships, know what I mean? Yep. Okay. I'll have them draw up those changes and get it right over to you. Okay. Wyatt's office had a little more flair than the average cube dwellers here. Big baseball fan, as evidenced by the numerous framed Texas Rangers jerseys and signed balls in glass display cases. I knew nothing about baseball, but imagined he had a small fortune of memorabilia here. One bit of odd decoration stuck out to me. A Persian rug mounted on the wall like a tapestry, seemed to clash with the rest of the pieces. He ended the call, wiped the mayo from his lips, and gestured me into a seat. Candle, it's good to see you again. How's Grace? Big as a house yet? You know how sometimes you'll wrap the toaster oven tray in aluminum foil so it doesn't get cheese and burnt bread crust all over it? I wished I had aluminum foil for my face to speak with Wyatt. I thought of the curve of her belly when I'd last seen her. She's getting there. Won't be too much longer now. First babies will do a number on you. I didn't know what was going on for the first three months, tell you what. 
Don't know how I kept my mind straight, sleeping an hour or two a night like that. Second babies are much easier. You figure out the art of the power nap by that point. You'll be sneaking out to your car at lunchtime, drooling on your dashboard like an invalid. I gave him a little chuckle, just as I was supposed to do. Felt tired, and a burger and fries from the hotel bar were calling my name. I raised my eyebrows, hoping he'd get to the point already. You've had a long day, and you're probably itching to get out of here. I get it. I won't keep you long. Just wanted to do a pulse check on you real quick, see if maybe you've reconsidered our offer. I still didn't even understand why they wanted me so badly. I appreciate the follow-up, Wyatt, but my answer is still no. Grace and I discussed it, and we want to stay in Colorado. His toothy smile twitched and his eyes fell. He kept his lips curled, but I could see the venom behind those eyes. That's what I figured. At least take my shiny new business card. Got a new number there in case you need to talk. He slipped it across the desk and I read it over. Wyatt Green, COO and Telecraft Solutions. I hadn't even known they'd added the solutions bit before that. He stood up and wiped his hands on his jeans. The cube dwellers were required to wear slacks or something similar, but I supposed Wyatt could wear whatever he wanted. Can't blame me for trying, though, can you? I got to my feet and shook his hand. Not at all. I'll be back bright and early tomorrow, so I'm sure I'll see you in the hallways. His grip punished my poor knuckles. I'm sure you will. Good night now, Candle. The burger was juicy, but the french fries were limp and undercooked. Just my luck. When I really needed crisp french fries to lift my spirits, they hadn't delivered. I pushed the mound of ketchup around the plate with the fries, determined to drain some satisfaction from them anyway. I liked that the bartender didn't ask me about my day or my long face or anything of the kind. He just brought my food, refilled my water, and left me alone. Given that I was the only person at the bar, I'd expected intrusion, but he just waited at the other end until I tossed a look at him. He'd get a big tip for that. After dinner, I rode the elevator to the fourth floor and had to slide my key card into the door at least five times to get it to open. The Beechwood was a posh hotel, much nicer than the places they'd arranged for me when I started coming to Dallas for training. That was before they realized they needed to butter me up. Now that I'd already said no several times, I wondered if there might not be a geisha girl waiting for me on the other side of the door to give me a happy ending and ask me to reconsider my future employment. Baby on the way, wife going to be out of work for weeks or months, was I crazy to turn down a job, even if it meant moving here? What if Grace decided she didn't want to go back to work? How long could we get by on our savings and unemployment checks? What if I couldn't find another job for months? The tension in my neck and jaw returned as I opened the door. There was no geisha girl waiting for me, instead only an icy cold room. Cleaning people most likely had cranked up the air conditioner and left it on when they finished. I turned it off, slipped under the bed's down comforter, and took out my phone, composed a new text to Grace. Wyatt made another run at me. Not happy my answer is still no. The little dots danced across the screen, meaning she was composing her reply. 
I waited at least two minutes for the response. Hey, honey, just got done with my swim class, and now I'm going to settle in with a book. That made me sit up in bed. If there was such a thing as typical grace, that reply wasn't it. I had no idea she was taking a swim class, and I'd never known her to be much of a reader. Plenty of reality television, maybe a magazine or two here and there, but a book? I wrote back, swim class? No reply came back this time, so I tapped on her contact record to call her. No answer. I stared at the phone, waiting for another text. A few moments later, she wrote back, Oh, silly me. I meant spin class. Fat fingered it. And that was all. Fat fingered? Seemed like a strange phrase for my wife to use. Maybe she was finally getting that pregnancy brain thing I'd heard people mention. I tried to call her again, and she still didn't pick up. Not that it was unusual for her to be unreachable by phone, but I was quite curious to find out what book could have possibly caught her interest so much that she'd decide to actually read one. When I tried to sleep that night, it seemed like a pointless exercise. Left side didn't work. Right side didn't work. On my back didn't work. I think I must have caught a few minutes somewhere because I had a slim memory of a dream about spiders bursting out of cracks in the walls. I wasn't crazy about spiders, so I didn't rush back to sleep after a dream like that. At around four, I decided to give up and review my training slides for the day. I helped myself to an orange juice and a muffin from the mini-fridge and watched the sunrise over the highways and glass buildings of Las Colinas. Grace still hadn't returned my call. That's it for this episode of the Thriller Fiction Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes and visit jimheskett.com for more info and free thriller books.